Another edition of the Behind the You podcast. And uh, it took us a little while, Cam Kitchens, but we finally made it happen. You've got media in your mind when your playing days are over. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Love being here. So listen, I, w- I did a little research beyond, you know, what I've done being around the team. And somebody, you'll probably know who this is, said, I got to call you Slow Joe. There's a lot of people that call me that, mostly from my high school. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. It could probably be one of my coaches or one of my teammates. It would have been your head coach. Head coach, yeah, Coach Max. <laughs> he came up with the name. So why do you why do he call you Slow Joe? Why? I don't know the real reason behind it, but it was just like he had something like to get out to everybody. So like with certain people, so like we had like Romello. He used to call him like a child, like he was like ten years old. Khalil, he used to always call Khalil like like a little girl or whatever like that. <laughs> so I think it was one time. Um, I, I think I caught. Oh, when I caught a pick. And I had got ran down and got caught. So that's why, like, ever since that, he just called me Slow Joe. I got you. But he told me you you lost the nickname at one point. I don't know when, because he still called me that. He still calls you Slow Joe? Yeah. Yeah, he said he called you Slow Joe in part because he wanted you to read the field uh, and play faster. So once he wanted you to study the game, so that once you were doing that, he, he got ready and just called you JoJo. Yeah. Where'd the Joe come from? Your Cam. Well, um, my great-grandma gave me the nickname JoJo. So, okay. For some reason, I don't know why, like, people or like kids that was my age could not say my name. They used to always say, like, Cameron or, or <laughs> Carmen. Like, they used to always just get it wrong. Like, I guess they heard my mom saying, like, JoJo or Joe, stuff like that. And then it kind of like stuck. So that's what people kind of like knew me as from my neighborhood. So we know Optimus football is big down here. Where'd you play? Northwest Boys and Girls Club. So they like the teachers mess up the Cameron too, the Cameron, the Cameron. Actually, they did, yeah. So Cam's easier. Yeah. Cam's easier. All right. So we're going to go all over the place, but I guess I'll start with the thing that's, that's most recent. Uh, and I, I happen to be in your presence when you did this, but after the game against Pitt, it's been well documented. You got up and you spoke from your heart. Why was that moment right? Why was it right for you then, Cam? I didn't know who was speaking. I heard someone, then I kind of peered around the corner and I, I guess I wasn't surprised it was you, but how has that message been received by your teammates? Um, I think it's pretty good. Like whoever, if we don't have like little workouts and stuff, you know, we kind of do on our own, like the voluntary stuff. And you can kind of see if if you're there, you you know if we're there for work. And if you're not there, then we know that you're not playing with us. So I don't think it's been anybody that has come to the practice or come to like our workouts and been transferring, you get what I'm saying? Anyone that's talked to, you know, Coach Steele, Coach Cristobal, you yourself, you know, at the podium after the game, I think you probably used the word grind, I don't know, 10 times at least, right? Just work, right? It seems like there's this deep love of football that you have. Yeah. Where's that come from? My uncles. My uncle, um, his name is Uncle Tuan. His name is Antoine. And when I first was probably like four or five, or like probably less than that, he used to make me go outside inside my great-grandma's yard and we used to catch the football all the time. And it was one of the things like, my little brothers now don't even get it. Or like his kids don't even get as hard as he was on me. It was just like with everything, like even with school, even when like, like when I first rode a bike, I never had training wheels. Pedaling twice and falling down. And it was like with everything, like with schoolwork, he used to maybe do push-ups if I didn't know how to spell my name right. Or if I didn't say the alphabet right. Like it was just with everything. It wasn't just with football. As far as sports-wise, that was one thing he was, he was kind of like making me always do. And then after, probably when I got like seven, when I like first really started playing football, like had really pads on and stuff like that. It was just the love of it. And then just seeing college football, like, and everything around it was just like no other. So I just fell in love with it. Play any other sports? Yeah, I played um, basketball and baseball. 
Actually, the funny thing is I wanted to play basketball. I didn't want to play football at first. So you want to be a hooper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of more of like, I guess they kind of get like more recognition and stuff because they don't have like the helmets on. There's only like five of them on the court at the time. Like they can actually carry a game by themselves. On football, you kind of you got you need everybody on the field. What's the highest? Did you play at Miami Northwestern? No, nah, actually, because Max didn't allow me. Because and one thing was he didn't allow me because he knew I wasn't good enough. And I <laughs> and it's like sometimes you like nah, I ain't that bad. But like my dad had to sit down and talk with me right before high school, and he was like, first of all, you're not gonna be above six foot, and <laughs> you bring it to you ain't that good. Like you ain't that good. Did you think you were better? Um, now that I look back on it, I wasn't that good. Okay. At least you're honest with yourself. Let's look at it this way. So I think the other night you might've posted a video playing ball, right? Yeah. If you had the top pick in the fantasy Miami Hurricanes football team draft, if you were going to draft a basketball team, who's your number one pick? Number one pick. Who can ball? Who can ball? I didn't know he could ball until we just played like a few days ago, but he couldn't miss. He was dominant. That's Tariq Stevenson. Really? Yes. Who's got the best shot? Because we know the NBA now is all about hitting three. So who's got the best shot? Probably Brashard. Okay. Yeah, that's it's crazy to say, but Brashard got the best shot. Now, anybody we would be surprised, like a name you would say, and be like, I didn't see him being that good, but okay, I'll take your word for it. One people that surprise people, but like if you know kind of his background, then you know probably that. Most people don't think he know how to hoop. Franklin? Yes. Yeah, he, he was real good in high school. He, I think he had D1 offers for basketball, too. Okay. Any of the big guys? Chance, probably Chance Williams. Okay. Oh, I'm forgetting his name. Cool. Annette? Oh, yeah, that's right. And then the thing is, he don't play like a big man. Like, he plays like a point guard. He just sits at three and he shoots. It's amazing. You want to hear? So you want to hear something crazy about Inez? Well, I don't know if it's crazy, but... It kind of blew my mind. So I, I interviewed him before one of the games. He mentioned he had played basketball. Know what he also played? What? Baseball. I could see that. But guess what position? Pitcher? Yes. Yeah. Now you imagine standing in the batter's box and that dude's throwing heaters? <laughs> That's why I, I, don't, I couldn't see him playing any other one. So I had to say pitcher. Now, one thing is for sure, you know, in this in baseball, you know, if you come inside or you hit someone, maybe there's a bench clearing brawl. I guarantee you he could do whatever he wants. Ain't no one come, <laughs> ain't nobody rushing the mound. Nobody ain't coming to solve it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Inez, he be, I, you know, he, I think I go, so first pick was Tyreek and second pick would be Inez. Yeah, Jokic. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So we had this conversation during the year, but I, you know, I want more people to hear about it because, and I, I, and, and a lot of, we've had a lot of guys on this podcast, Kim, a lot of former players. I mean, some of the biggest of the big that have come through Miami and a lot of people say they work hard and then I want them to detail it because I don't think people really understand how hard the hardest work, right? To be great. Mm -hmm. So you've told it to me, but I want you to tell her, give me a game week, how much time you're putting in, go kind of day by day in terms of the amount of time you're putting in off the practice field. So first, after practice, you probably end around like 12. So, of course, I 
go home, like take a shower and stuff, got got school. But yeah, in between my classes, I, I kind of watched practice film. So then right after, I probably end class every day except Mondays, probably around five. So first thing I would do is get in my car, head to the facility, probably get me like a shake or something or like a few snacks. And I finished watching practice film. And then I just go straight into, depending on what day it is, if it was a Tuesday, I'll start watching first and second down of what they're doing. And then I have like the explosion plays. And then Wednesday, it'll be the same thing on repeat, but I'll do third down now because that day would have did two minutes. So then I do, and then we'll kind of like lock on players, releases, see what they do best. And then Thursday is really, I don't go into the school for that one. That one would just really be at home looking at quarterback mechanics, see who he's like looking at. See his reads, do he even read, or he just eye down who he's going to. You know, you got some guys that'll probably just do like a one step and they just do like a little head fake just to go the opposite way, just so you can make you look opposite way. And they just going right back to where they showed us at. So it's, it's kind of like little different things you kind of like look into detail for. And then we have this thing on Fridays where we have to do like each, he picks like three players each for each kind of like category. And you kind of tell the defense about that category. So it could be like three by one about this team or it could be two by two stacks. Like it could be anything like that. So on, on that Thursday, I kind of go into detail. Is that Coach Adai or Coach Steele? Uh, Coach Steele, because the whole defense does it. Okay. So I kind of um, get my notebook, start writing down like little tips to or like what I need to do to explain to the team, well, to the defense. So then um, Friday, then we'll go to the hotel. And then me and James will watch. Um, we've been having the same hotel room since last year, since since freshman year. So every time on Fridays, we kind of like watch film. And we just kind of like going over stuff, like going over like the playbook and what plays you're running this week, making sure we be very detailed oriented on what we got to do for the game. And then probably after that, we just we just start watching football. Because most of the time it be games on Friday. So we probably, you yeah. won't believe like how many devices we got. We got the TV that's already in the room. We got my MacBook, we got my phone, and we got his iPad. And we literally like watching a bunch of different games at one time because we just don't want to miss none. So can we talk some football? Of course. So a couple things. One is that's kind of forward, right, looking at the next opponent. But do you watch Sunday, Monday, how much of the previous game will you watch? I know obviously the coaches are breaking it down. They're sharing the, the good and the bad and, you know, corrections. But how much will you watch? As far as the games – Especially if I did good, I don't really spend too much time watching it because it's like, there's nothing really to correct. But any bad game, it, it falls into Monday. But if it's a regular game, like I, I think I have some bad plays, but mostly good, it'll probably Sunday morning because we don't got to be to the facility probably until like 12 or 1. So Sunday morning, I get up and I just go straight to watching it. Or Saturday night, depending on what time we get back from the game and what time the film is up. I start to watch it then falls. So you will watch you will watch on a Saturday night if it's available to you. Yes. Sometimes I even look on there earliest when we get on the plane. I try to see if it's up there. But I don't think I got the same one as Coach Christopher. Cause one time um I had, I had a seat behind him. And as soon as we got on the plane, he's already watching film. So I was like, why not watch film right with him? So were you, were you like this, like right between this, right between the seat, like peering through? Yeah, but his was like a little different because he probably watched a clip 80 times before you go to the next one. Oh, okay. I was like, it can't be that much information in one play. <laughs> now, he did say this year that he – you you told me this might have been fall camp instead of the regular season, but there were times where you were the last man in the facility or maybe the last player in the facility. That was all fall camp. So, I think, like, I did one thing my um, to myself is, like, one thing I love doing is playing a video game. So, I kind of, like, my, my Uncle Reggie told me, like, with goals, you got to have sacrifices. So, um, you know, fall camp was the first time I was actually in gear 
this whole like that whole year because I didn't practice spring and stuff like that due to the um surgery. But when I got back, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna play the game for the whole fall camp. And that time, like I used to spend an hour or two on the game at night, I spent out into the in a facility. So we'll probably get done. I think probably, it was like six or seven. And sometimes I won't leave to like nine or ten. Cause it was just it was like so intriguing to be honest. Like you just be in there. And you just kind of like watching everything. And fall camp is, is full throttle. So it's, it's like excitement in every club with ones, twos, threes, with scout team, everything. And at that time, there's no scout team. Everybody's fighting for a spot. So it was real good. So I was just, just sitting there watching everything, one-on-one, 707. We got two-on-two. It's like everything, team. It's just, you're just watching everything. And it was just one time. I just Most of the time, I probably have the door closed because I just want, want nobody interrupting me or anything like that. But I think it was probably one time the doors popped open. He probably seen me walking out. Or he probably walked by or something like that. Yeah. So then he went back to his office and said, "I can't have Cam beating me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want this to be as a positive, right? Because you know sometimes, oh, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to leave somebody out. So, but just because you said it's so exciting, right? You find it interesting, one on ones, whatever. So give me a, a receiver who you watch his reps and you're like. Yeah, he's a he's a discipline. He's a good route runner. Either Restrepo or Jacoby. With me, because I don't stick Jacoby because he mostly plays the outside receivers. It'd probably be Restrepo. Okay. Because no matter how much you watch his film, he he's gonna switch up every like every little nigga. You be like, okay, he sees the inside release and then he runs the inside route. Nah, he run the inside release and do an outside route. And it's like he just switched up everything just so he can make everything look the same or everything look different at the same time. So. As someone who really hasn't played, um, I like that you find it fascinating. That's the, kind of the fascinating part to me is to to try and figure it out to the best of my ability. Um, but now that I have someone who can help explain that and put on your scouting hat, your Lewis Riddick hat, we're gonna put on we're gonna put on all your hats. We're gonna put on your Kirk Herbstreet hat. We're gonna put on your, your Desmond <laughs> Howard hat. So I was talking to your your position coach this week as well. I talked to Coach Edwards at Miami Northwestern. He gave me that story. He had another story for me. We're gonna bring that up later. Uh, but Coach Adai told me that your knowledge of the game has always continued to grow, right? Mm -hmm. That you could start – and you mentioned this to me. You remember when we broke down the Georgia Tech game, the three interceptions? Yeah. So you were talking about watching a quarterback, watching his front shoulder. I guess I would ask in this way, what's a little detail that the average person would be like, I don't see that, that you see? So whether it's front shoulder, he mentioned keeping depth, scanning the field. Like what are some little things that you pick up on in watching film that make you better – and also are the things that you're looking for, like when you're watching the film, like this is why I'm doing it. Uh, okay, so let's first do like with watching film. So with watching film, first I'm looking at his eyes because sometimes you're not like, I wouldn't say like I'm a disciplined guy, but at the same time I mess up and get to reading his face. You get what I'm saying? Getting to read his face mask. And sometimes you got to see what he's reading and you got to know if like he's a disciplined quarterback who's actually going to go through his reads and kind of like progress through. And then you got some that set go and they know. But the thing is with me, I kind of look to where they have pressure because I love my D-line. Like I love them. So they, they always bring pressure to the quarterback. So I always kind of look at those plays where he's kind of like, he's under pressure and he has to go right to his spot and got to see what he does under the stress. So sometimes when he's under the stress, he might one head fake and just go to it. Or you got some quarterbacks that's like, I just think my guy's better or I don't have enough time to do that. So I'm just going to go look at him right now. We got some that just take like a two-step drop, don't even get into like drop steps. And then they just sit there and just kind of wait for a guy to come open and they just throw it to him. But it's just all on anticipation. And then like one thing I think most people be like, oh, I can't probably see that is I'm real good at using my peripheral vision. 
So like, even though I'm looking at the quarterback, I can kind of feel things on the side. So like, I kind of like with Georgia Tech, it's like, I didn't see him fully. Like I didn't look at him when he broke on the um, slot fade route, but I just seen it in my corner of my eyes, a movement, him getting- Is that the first one? Yeah. Kind of him getting a shade on Reek, like on top of Reek. So all, that's all I felt. So I, I began my weave and then I seen him, he set his feet, shoulders looking hot at me, he going deep. So I just kind of broke, put my head down and ran until I got close enough to the ball to attack it. How much of what you're looking at also is just, obviously part of it's the play call on your end, right? Like, so you have certain responsibilities, but how much of it also is it, all right, I'm, I'm reading a formation, right? Yeah. Formation, all that film study did first and second down, third down. So some of it also, right, is down, distance, mm -hmm. field location, right? All I assume all of that comes into play. Yeah, so that's one thing I do love. And one thing that's why I love third down, especially third and long, because that's when you have to pass the ball. It's no try to create something for unless it's like part of the end of the game. But that's why I love third down, because that's where you I kind of make my money at. That's why I kind of like get my picks and stuff like that. So as far as formations, formations tell it all, because you got some teams that kind of run the same plays out of different formations. And you got some teams is, well, if they're in this formation, they run in these two, three plays. If they're in three by one, they run these three plays. Like everybody has their own way of kind of like simplifying, but at the same time making it a little different. And then you can see with certain guys, like certain guys on offense got different skills, and we all know that. So it's like this guy might be a great route runner, so he can run all the routes they have. Then you got certain guys that's they can't break down; they too stiff. They got but they got long speed, so they more of the slot fades, the posts, like all those type of routes. And it kind of like, and it just kind of works to the outside. You know, you just kind of like look at every little thing and you got to just, once you learn what type of receivers they have or what type of tight ends they have. And another thing that people may look like even pass by is the stats. The stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> right. You see a guy with three receptions for, for 300 yards, you know, he going deep. Like it, 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 that's what, it, and then you see a guy who got 48 receptions for 300 yards. He's the he's the like possession guy. Like he's the one who getting the first down. He's the one probably running curls at the sticks, running digs, flat line to the sticks. Like that's you gotta like look at those little things. All right. So what does it when when Coach Adai says you keep your depth over routes? What does that mean to you? Or what does that mean? I stay with height over the ball. So like I didn't. I'm not the fastest guy in the world. So I can't kind of like run side by side with somebody and kind of like beat them to the ball. It's more of I gotta probably stay seven and the 12 yards in front of a guy. So I'm able to break down to go to the ball so I can go attack it. And instead of having to jump up like a receiver, I kind of jump up as a safety. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! All right, so I want to put your uh, put your media hat on again. So I think a lot of the ACC awards were just given out. So we're have we're gonna make up a new award. It's gonna called the KK Awards, Cam Kitchen <laughs> Awards. Um, give me a quarterback. So the the quarterback that was most challenging to you, the one that was hardest to read, decipher, figure out. I would probably say it had to be Pitt quarterback, Slovis. Yeah, he probably did the best with as far as kind of like keeping it disguised and not giving away who he's throwing to immediately. Okay. I think the best quarterback I went against was um, Drake Mato. He's the best one. He was a bad boy. 
Yeah. He was about. Now, I do think someone's going to get a good one in Brandon Armstrong, the UVA. I know he wasn't this year. Something was weird. This but... year, but last year, oh, my God. He was he was amazing. Yeah. I was surprised by that, too. And how about the uh, – give me your, your receiver, the, the hardest receiver to cover for you. Not the hard, not the best, not the guy that should deserve an award, but the hardest – like, smoothest. Who was the smoothest? Eight from Georgia Tech. Okay. He was Yeah, he was real good. All right. And the hardest running back to bring down? I think it'll probably be probably number four. I don't, I don't know because number four from North Carolina, like he wasn't trying to shake. He was just trying to run everybody over. It's kind of hard to tackle him. I got you. Oh no! Like probably the hardest guy to bring down. I don't probably know how to say his name right, but David Echain. Devin Echain from Texas A&M. Yes, he's very slippery. Slippery. Yes. They use that word. I think they use that word for uh, Knighton. Yeah. I think Jalen Rivers called Night Slipper. Yeah, like, yeah, they similar. Yeah, basically, yeah. All right. So Coach Coach Steele um said this too about you. He said at, at some point during the year they were, you know, we were talking about you probably after one of your better games, I'm imagining. And he and I think they said, Well, why? They asked him why. And he said, he just said, I think he said one word, but I'll make it two. He go, he pointed here and he goes, his eyes, eye discipline. So what is eye discipline for you as a safety and why is that so important? Um, like I was saying at first. Like reading the shoulders, it's so easy to kind of look at his face. Or like when you're covering a guy, not to look at his face or not look at his feet or not like his hands. Like you gotta look at the, the whole body. Like you gotta look at the body. So I think eye discipline is very important. Even in man coverage, other than looking at him, just keeping your eyes on him, not looking in the backfield. Cause that's why most DBs kind of get beat because we look in the backfield. Or when you're at linebacker, you're looking at the wrong thing. Like you're not looking at the guards pulling. Or if you're in, exactly in zone, if you know you got this zone, you kind of run it somewhere else. Like on trick plays especially, that's where eye distance comes a lot. Because if you know you have your man, only way you there's no way he's just running past you. The way is because you're looking in the backfield and you're not looking at your guy. That's eye discipline. And uh, I feel like safety, eye discipline is uh, making sure you read the field, making sure you get your quarterback, your, your run pass reads. Of course, when you look at the guards to see if they run upfield or they're trying to pass that. It's like every little thing, every little thing that you think is not. You like this. You like the week. I feel like you like the game. This this goes back to the, your love of the game, but I feel like you love the work. Like you love the study. You love figuring, like you like to figure it out. Because the thing is, it's just, I, I hate getting beat. Like I don't like losing with anything. So, and then kind of uh, Coach Adai kind of been hard on us this year by our discipline because he just, he, he literally hates it. Because it's like you, you put yourself in the right spot you take the amount of steps you need to take. You covering the guy. You put hands on him. Then you look in the backfield and mess it all up. And now he catches the ball after you just did everything right. Can't imagine there's a worse feeling than watching, like, you're watching the play and boom, turn your head and there's a dude wide open behind you. Nah, that's <laughs> scary. <laughs> How different was this year to last year in terms of just your comfort? Uh, a lot. I was way more comfortable this year. Uh, with last year, it was kind of like nervous because. I'm just wondering every place, like just trying not to mess up and not like let like just not playing football. It's a different it's a different way to play, right? Yes. Playing not to mess up versus I know what I'm doing and I'm not gonna mess up. Mm-hmm. And it's like um I felt like I had the coach's trust with everything I did. So and then another thing is it's like last year I knew the playbook, but at the same time I was nervous. This year I knew the playbook like, like the back of my hand and I knew what stuff I can kind of bend. You get what I'm saying? To, to where I can still be Cameron Kitchens back there and not 
a safety. At the end of the day, kind of like I had to use what I was really good at. So I just had to learn, I guess you could say like the loopholes within not to mess up your job. But did you like learning? Did you like learning the new system? I loved it. Like, did you, did you find some, you know, it's new for everybody, but I feel like, oh, all right. It's almost like a blank slate, but I'm going to dive in. Yes. And that was like um one of my goals with being like when I was hurt, it was learning the playbook in and out, making sure I knew everything. It was a way different playbook than last year. So I kind of like learned more about football. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT+. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. All right, so Georgia Tech, best game? Yes. I'm going to put your coaching hat on. What was your worst game? North Carolina. Why? Messed up on two plays. So uh, with the first touchdown, it was I think that was the first drive of the game. And coach called cover two, and I messed up. I was kind of being a little too greedy trying to make a play. And I seen them kind of like eyeing down like a, a stick route, like right at the sticks. And as soon as I took a step down, Rehad on um already rerouted the guy and the guy was just running up through the hole and he dotted it right in, right over my head. So that was that play. And then it was another play it was in cover three. I was kind of like going through my checks a little too much, trying to like out of formation down, see what was going on. Oh, and I was playing over the, the tight end and I didn't get my read to go back to the middle of the field. So by the time I got to the middle of the field, the post was already running through the middle. And then even though I probably had like seven tackles and interception, it was just like I gave up two touchdowns when it was plays. I knew what I had to do, and I didn't execute what I had to do. So, yeah. Oh, and then probably pick game. No good? No good. Even though I had some plays and stuff, had I got beat on a, on that post route. And that was because that was just like one of those things. It was – I kept saying on film they run the, um, the Buffalo 7, which is a three-by-one formation, when number three runs a seven cut, which is a corner route. And the first two guys run two digs. They ran it on the first drive of the game when Tyreek almost caught a pick, but he dropped it. And then they ran it in the red zone and they didn't throw it to him. So I just kind of felt the route coming. And I thought I knew the play and I, and I kind of guessed the play when, when Coach Adal always says, since I came to the sideline, every play has its own identity, which is you never know like until you know. So I kind of bit on the, the seven route and then he came right under me and ran to the post. And then by the time I turned around, the ball was already in the air in the end zone. Is that why you said Slovis before? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. We got to go back to the Georgia Tech game because I've heard it's part of my research, Cam. You like to dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So can we go through like you and Tyreek in the end zone at Georgia Tech? Yeah. Nick, give me that dance. You told me the name before, oh, but I've, I've, I don't remember. It's, um, it's the Glorilla dance. Yeah, it's a the Glorilla. Yeah, it's a rapper called Glorilla, and that's the dance she be doing in her songs. So was that premeditated? Yes. You knew, like you guys had discussed, if one of us scores, we're doing that dance. Well, it just wasn't a score. It was just like a celebration that we'll do. We didn't know okay. who was gonna do it or when it was gonna come. It was just, I think we probably discussed it probably like three weeks prior to that, and it was just like every day in practice when we get in the, get in our warm up lines, a song come. It could be any song. Come on. And me and Rika just like just do it to each other. And we just it was just like one of those things. And as soon as I scored, 
And I didn't think nobody was like around me to run with me. But as soon as, <laughs> as soon as kind of Reek stopped me, I already knew what he, exactly what he was thinking. So we just did the dance. All right. Now, how much TikTok? How much? Uh, Coach Adai said, like any chance, almost any chance you get, you're doing putting something on film. <laughs> I'm always doing something on TikTok. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I gotta start following you then. Yeah, I'll make it. I have my kids follow you at least. On like Friday or well, probably like be Friday or Saturday, we'll make one. Make a tick. You and who? It, um, Did you make one? You made one last year, didn't you? Yeah. See, that one was different. That one was um after every win. When we dance, we when we win, we dance. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but this year it'd be like Saturday or probably like Friday or probably that Tuesday. Me and James will probably make one and post it. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching for you. You, I mean, you said it, you know, after the game against Pitt, right? Hey, man, I'm getting back to work full throttle. Starts to next, you know, started that next day. So what is your plan for yourself this offseason? Like, what what do you want for yourself this offseason, Cam? Um, first thing I did was kind of like the coaches made a cut up, I guess, for everybody on the defense. And it was basically every play of the whole season for us. So first thing I did was watch that, of course, and kind of seeing what I need to work on. And um, I think things I need to work on is probably man coverage, um, working on zone drops to like kind of sometimes I kind of like do it wrong and kind of like on a quarterback a little too much. And um, and probably just learning the playbook even more as far as defense in general, not really the playbook, defense in general, because I don't, I don't, I don't really know how the box work, the box work yet. Like I can I can tell you everything the DB need to do or the linebacker need to do as far as pass coverages, but as far as run game and run fits and stuff like that, I think that's something I need to work on then to add on to my game. The safety's got to tackle. I think I met, I might have met it said it to you in the locker room after I kind of said like after you got up and said what you said I said that was the first day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was the first step to like to the next yeah to keep things wrong. You feel like now you're a junior. Yes. I'm a leader. Yes. It's my team or it's partially my team. I'm in charge and I got to ensure that that whatever I want for this team happens. Yes, I feel that way. And we gonna make that happen. Yes, sir. All right. A couple other things. Can you good with time? First of all, you good with time? Good. You've used the word grind a lot. Your coach used the words work a lot. So why is your what, what about your head coach resonates with you? As far as Chris Cristobal? Yes, sir. He just want to see us succeed on the field and off the field. And it's just amazing, like, as much as he, like, try to get changed with everything, like, from the facility to, like, things we're doing off the field as far as, like, financial literacy. It's just, like, every little thing with every person that um that came to talk to us. Because most of the time, it wasn't even about football. It was about life. And he's just one of the people that just want to see you winning everything. So that's why I love him so much. DJ, I think he said right towards the end of the year, hey, listen, if you don't want to work, this may not be the place for you. So what kind of player – other than a talented player, but what kind of the makeup of the player? What what who was the right person to be in this program? First of all, you gotta love football because the way we grind is it's plenty of opportunities for you to quit and say, I don't feel like doing it, or I don't feel like being here when we got walkthroughs in the morning or walkthroughs in a hotel. Like it's it's a bunch of opportunities to quit and be like, man, it's too much for me. So you gotta have something to fall back on. Like if you don't love the game, you'll quit easily. And I think that's the main thing. But other than that, you got to just be disciplined and be willing to, to grow and learn. Because if you're not, once again, you're going to want to quit because you're like, I don't feel like doing this or I don't feel like we should have to do this. It's not something you have to do. It's something you, you're going to want to do. 
and waking up and not being on like not being late to meetings and just and then if you are late like accidents happen all the time like you might wake up late car it, it could be anything that happens because it is life it's the fact it's also miami yeah i was on, i was late picking up my kid i'm just gonna nod it i had my wife call me today are you at school yet <laughs> i was trying <laughs> i mean the palmetto was packed up i was trying you know i knew that call was coming I was yeah. 255. I'm like, damn, I ain't going to make it. <laughs> that was my Mario. That's my Mario right there. And you got to take the consequences that come with it. Yeah. And I think that's what maturing has to do with it, too, because nobody wants to get punished. But when an opportunity shows itself and you know you messed up, even though you probably couldn't do nothing to avoid it, you still got to take the punishment and do it and then just go on with it and just try to make sure it never happens again. And then the last thing is probably... And as good as you want on the field, you got to be as good as the person off the field. And just try to live like, try to live life right, right way. Cam, last thing on this, and then and we'll move on. Is obviously five and seven, right? Not good for anybody. There's, what is coach like? We're not going to sugarcoat the hide, lie, try and wrap it in anything other than what it is. But how has the program grown for the better in ways that maybe people can't see that has you excited for the future and should have other people excited as well? Uh, discipline, our work ethic is just. It's just like no other, I think. And, of course, everybody works hard, but I think we work harder, honestly. And it just, we're going to have, like, we having guys that want to do extra. Like, even not, even when coach just calls this, like, we there 30 minutes early trying to make sure we're on, we on top of everything. Or if a Monday we don't have a practice or a Tuesday we don't have a practice, we there getting walkthroughs and, you know, asking coach, can you make this for us so we can walk through this? Just just being, just giving you all into it. Because that's one thing Coach still always said to me, well, not to me, but the whole defense, is when you don't try, you already know what outcome you're going to have. But if you do try, you don't, you might, you might just succeed. But you know, if you don't try, you're not going to succeed at all. So you might as well give it at all and see what we can get out of it. So those things you were saying about Mondays and Tuesdays, things that need to happen or things that have already started to happen as the, as the program has evolved forward? Right now, we don't have anything to kind of like work on extra, you know? No, I'm talking about, when you were talking about those Monday, Tuesday, you are talking about that was starting to happen? We started, yeah, starting to happen. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right, so you mentioned about doing good off the field. Just the other night, you I think it was last night, as of this taping, you were out and about with two of your teammates handing out food. So who were you with? What were you doing? And why were you doing it? It was me and it was me, Marquise, and um Jaden Harris. And it was also to Corey Couch and Corey Flat. They were just in, the, in another car riding around. Where were you guys? In overtime. And you decided to do that because Oh, it's just something I kinda do whenever I have free time. So that's not the first time. No. Most of the time it um most of the time be me, Romello, and James. But James had something to do and then Romello had class. I gotta call Marquise up because I know Marquise. Probably not doing nothing at the house. I know Jay Harris probably not doing nothing at the house. And I know no one of the guys, like, if I need him with anything, they were up on my side. So I knew they wasn't going to have a problem doing that. And then to Corey, and Corey kind of, like, overheard me talking about it inside the locker room. And it was like, I want to be in, too. So that's just kind of something we do all the time. But um, I think that was just something I was raised on, was always just giving back. Like, and I didn't have the most nowhere near. Like, I was probably on the lower side, if anything. But it just – with anything we did have, we kind of like just gave it away or made sure somebody else was always good because. And where'd you grow up? In Liberty City. You grew up in Liberty City and you were in Overtown. Yes. You, you, were, you were giving the food away in Overtown, but you grew up in Liberty City. Mm -hmm. And does it feel good? I could say it could it feel good, but at the same time, 
it's like one of those things. It's just like it's like saying thank you to somebody, like oh you're welcome. Like it's one of those things that just it's natural to me to do. But it was like something else I did um in the summer. Actually, me James like kind of anything I do with the community, I always include James and, and Romello. Like I, I make sure they're on top of it. So um the thing we did in the summer was we got like um my grandma. She's kind of like over like a bunch of stuff in the city of Miami, and she knew like this um this homeless shelter. And we kind of like got three families and we kind of got all these back to school stuff. Like we got their t-shirts, underwear, school clothes. Like we got their khakis, we got their shoes, we got their book bags and we got like little extra stuff. Like probably like, you know, they don't have really have a lot. So like with my family, I had, I had, I got like a Crocs deal. So I hadn't got them Crocs. Kind of like they wanted roller skates. So they got them, I got them roller skates. It was like little stuff like that. Just to make it. You stay in touch with them? Yes. How old are the kids? 10, 8. I think nine and three. The one I um keep in touch with the most is is probably Patriot, the, the um the oldest boy. And it was funny because funny like when I asked him what he wants, he was like, oh, "I want um I want a Patriots jersey because his name is Patriot." And I had him got him a Tom Brady Tom Brady jersey and had him got him like the little fake helmet. Now you got to get him a Mac Jones jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Tom left him. Tom left Patriot. <laughs> well, that's awesome man that is awesome not surprised but i saw it and you just mentioned about being good on and off the field I, i've actually i found in my years being around the, the program came i think a lot of guys have good in their heart you know what i mean a lot of guys really enjoy giving back this summer you know when you guys were out my kids um optimist practices i mean it might be a group activity but you guys are very engaged mm -hmm. yeah i mean with sure. the kids you know what i mean like all of you well, you but all of you like it's it's a and I've always noticed that when you guys are in the parks, always, always engaged with the kids. It's fun? Of course it's fun. That's why I make sure I do every community service that they bring to the table. If I don't got nothing to do, I'm there. Because it's like, what else do I have better to do? Like, I could be at home playing a game or watching film, but at the same time, it's like, it's giving back to people. And then one thing about it, the people in Miami, they love hurricane fans. Like, they, like they're great hurricane fans. And when they just see you, especially children, when they see any, like, sports player or anything like that, they kind of strive to be that. So it kind of like makes their whole day. So that's funny you said that because I've, I have said this to people inside the program for a few years, which is, you know, some people like, hey, be where your feet are one day at a time, which I get. I get a thousand percent. But for what you guys are trying to accomplish, right, the ultimate, right? It's OK to have that dream. It's OK to think about that. It's OK to envision it because that's kind of what pushes you. Mm -hmm. And then I think about when it happens, what that feeling will be like so that you can almost have it that seed in your head of when you're grinding, you know what you're grinding for. But you just said people love hurricanes. They love the program. Can you imagine if you get to do what it is you want to do, what it will be like here and why other people would want to be a part of that? Because that's for me, it's like, why are you here? And if you're here for that, then nothing else matters. It would be a, like, that'd be a dream come true. Because that's like one of the things like, even you can see now where recruits coming up now, it's all about, bringing the you back, bringing the you back. So if I was able to be a part of that, I know I'd cry. Because it'd just be something like, like a weight lifted up off the program, off of me, like off of everybody. Because it's like, even the years before, if you didn't have a winning record, no matter you was a set, you was a stepping stone to where you got us now. So it'd just be like a, I can't even explain what it'd be because it'd just be speechless. Do you think about it? Of course I think about it, but I don't to think about it too much because it's like, you got to take it day by day, like most people say. And it's kind of like, but it, that's the end goal every time. It's like, this is what I'm grinding to get to. But you don't want to, you don't want to skip over the process. Of course not. Steps. Of course. Now, did you grow up a Miami Hurricanes fan? 
Yes. Is this where you wanted to be? My two schools I always watched was UM and Ohio State. And then I always watched Oregon because of the jerseys. I love the jerseys. Well, Coach Mario, Coach Christopher was probably happy about that. <laughs> How'd you still watch Ohio State after, after they took the championship from us? Well, I wasn't kind of in tune to that when I was younger. I know, but you got to know your history. But no, but now, but now I know that. But I'm saying, like, as far as before, uh, okay. But but now I don't really have a favorite team other than watching us. But I be on the field. But other than that, I kind of watch all college football because I just love watching football. Yeah, so. I was surprised that you like watching college football. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, so you grew up. Some players don't even watch football. I know, I know. Now the reason why I asked that in part is because being from Liberty City, I know how important Miami Northwestern is. Mm-hmm. to that part of Miami. So was going to Miami Northwestern also like, I mean, it's public school, it's different, but is that a place that you wanted to play? Honestly, when I was in, when I was an optimist, it was kind of like watching Central and Miami Northwestern all the time. So I didn't know who I wanted to go to, but it wasn't a thing I kind of like thought about. I was one of them kids who were just happy to just play football. I gotcha. Did you pick to go to Miami Northwestern or that's just where you went because that was your school? No, actually, my, my uncle was the um the OC there at the time. So that's why I even went there. Who was your uncle? Um, His name is Reginald McKnight. Okay. Being in this city, being a hurricane comes with a lot. But mm-hmm. if you really know high school football down here, being a Miami Northwestern, <laughs> being a bull comes with a lot too. Exactly like college. Like if you mess up one time, they own you. They're ready to crucify you. <laughs> yeah, because there are people at practice. There are people at practice. Yes. People hanging around the fence. People yes. watching. People talking. So knowing. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not easy. It's a, I was gonna say how tough of a place is it to play? And I don't I mean in like in terms of how it's helped groom you for being at this level of football. As far as that, it was kind of it was kind of the same because. It was always to not listen to the outside noise. So that's why I'm so good at it now. Because they're they'll turn on you quick. Like if you just if you just miss one play. I remember um Tutu Atwell, you know, the one I play for Rams now, was playing IMG one year. And two is probably one of the best guys to ever come out of Miami Northwestern. And it was one time he was kind of like battling with a like with a, a messed up ankle. He's playing through it as like as hard as he can. And I think he got sat one play and one of the fans like, take him out. He's horrible. <laughs> what do you mean he's horrible? This is Tutu Atwell. So it was kind of like one of those things like you got to just take the good with the bad. So you want to put in the words to me uh, Friday night, Trash Powell, Miami Northwestern, Miami Central? That's UN versus Florida State. Every time. Fans come to pack out the stadium. You got to bring in extra bleachers. It's just amazing. And it's just like basically like that's why when I play in big games, it's nothing new. Of course, there's way more fans and stuff like that. But at the same time, it feels the same. The atmosphere feels the same. I've asked this to coaches or even players that have been through the Miami Hurricanes program, right? There's been some a lot of championships won. And there's been some ones that have been that have been lost, right? And you're like, man, Miami could have seven, eight, ten, however many. So mm-hmm. you're a two-time state champion at Miami Northwestern, correct? Three time. Three time. But the last one, it didn't happen, correct? Nope. We um lost the well, game. Wait, 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 wait. So my question is. More pain from losing or more joy from winning? Pain from losing. That's what everyone says. Because every, I promise you, every time I won a state championship, it was, it wasn't really no joy in it. It was, I'm ready to win it. I'm ready to win it again. And I, I probably have, I do have a picture of me and um, Romello after we won our third one. We're literally holding up fours because we're ready for to get our four point, even though we didn't get it. But that was the, always the goal. Does that still like hurt you? 
Yes. Hurts me bad. It hurts you bad. Now you had a 3.5 yes. GPA, man. Jack said you got it done in the classroom too. How were you able to excel at both? I don't even think it was easier. It was probably harder than college, honestly. Because everything in college is kind of like worked out for you. You have your study hall time. You have this time and stuff like that. So it was kind of um, just making sure, well, probably my mom is is like Coach Cristobal. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have a choice. There was no choice. Yeah, it was no choice. Like, I promise you, as, much, as good as I was on the football field, if I came home with bad grades, my mom would tell me, you know, you're not going out to play practice. You're not going out to practice. Like, Good for mom. Yeah, she, that's how she is with my brothers and sisters. So it's like one thing is I, I love football. So why would I let school come in the way of me doing what I love? So it's one of those things is I got to get it done because if I don't, it's no, it's no you in the picture or there's no any college in the picture. So why communications? So it's funny. So for people, well, no one's going to know this, right? So this summer you're at my kids optimist. Obviously I know who you are. I asked, Hey, mm -hmm. I think you'd be good to come on. I'd love to have you on the podcast, this podcast right here. And you mm -hmm. looked at me and you said, I would love to do it. I'm a communications major. Yep. Can you see yourself doing this someday? That's what, that's what I dream to be. This is what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, we're going to set the bar higher than me, buddy. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you want to be on TV, ESPN, game day, calling games, analysts in the booth. That's what you want. Yes. You got to get that. And by the way, it's pretty lucrative. You get that Tom Brady contract. <laughs> I wish. 375 <laughs> for 10. That's pretty good. But um, I think with that was, I think what built that was just middle school and high school, just being at those lunch tables with your um your teammates and stuff like that. And one thing I think in high school, because I went to Turner Tech, I didn't go to Miami Northwestern. So with, with Turner Tech, we had like a lot of guys, like Amari Daniels, we had Wesley, we had Ruben, we had a bunch of Nate Noel that played for App State. Like we have a bunch of guys that went to that school. So it was always kind of like everybody had their own different point of view from their different school and stuff like that. And when we was at the lunch tables, it's always arguing about ball. It's like ball, 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 ball. So it's like one of those things I just, I love talking about sports and most importantly football. So it was like, if you do something you love, it's not a job. So that's why I got into broadcast journalism. And then I, I love to talk. I can write. So it was kind of like one of those things that was kind of meant for me. Your senior year, I get you to do a little internship with us. Sit, actually, yes. know what should we, we should have? You know what? I got it. We're going to get a couple of players on, and you're going to be my co-host. Okay, we can do that. Can you do it? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. How proud are you, your boy, Mr. Mr. Cancy at Pitt? Speechless. Like, and it's the fact you kind of know he was going to do this anyways, regardless. Like, he was one of those guys, like, you looked up to when you was at Miami Northwest, especially when I was there, when I was a freshman, sophomore, stuff like that. He just worked so hard to be who he is now. All right. Uh, last couple of things. You're the oldest of six? Yes, Brothers, sisters, how many of each? I got three brothers, two sisters. So give me the age going down. The age is going down. You got uh 16, which is a boy, 12, which is a boy. You got 10, which is a girl. You got seven, which is a boy. And you got two, which is a girl. So do you like being the oldest? Love it. Yeah, set it. And the type of person I am, I set a good example anyways. So it's like, I'm setting a good example for them. So what happens when, when older brother Cam comes home? Are they all excited? The girls are, not the boys. Yeah. The boys aren't because I'm about to make them work out. So <laughs> do they play ball? Yes. Is the 16 year old at Miami Northwestern? No, nah, he's at um he's at Edison right now. He's at Edison. Yeah, but that's the thing they hate about me. I'll be there five o'clock sharp in the morning. Actually, I'm going tomorrow, five o'clock in the morning. So we can go to work. To Edison. No, to the to my mom's house to make them go work out. Are you really? Yeah. 
that's what, that's what I do in the off season. Like when I'm going to work out, especially on the weekends, because I know they got school and stuff. I'm at their. I'm at the house. Their season over. So where you where do you go to work out? Right behind, like um, it's called a school called uh, West Little River, right behind my mom's house, and it's a it's a big football field right there. Which is um, who plays there? Who plays there? Northside Panthers. They play there. So we go right over there, jump the gate, or we I drive around. We're gonna put some work in, or we could just do it right in. Like depending on if we want to do football stuff, but if we want to just get bigger, we just go right into the front. We're doing push ups. Running, all type of stuff, sit ups, anything we can find in the yard. You doing, you doing something. So Cam Kitchens, broadcaster, coach. You're gonna be the first, not dual. You're gonna be a trip, triple. You're gonna be broadcaster, coach, trainer, and player. <laughs> all right, last couple of things. Anything you think people will be shocked to know about you that we haven't discussed? Any oddities? Any like hobbies? Any any things you hate? Is there a food you hate? Are you scared of animals? Is there a pet a pet you don't like? Like anything we would just be like. That's pretty interesting. I play the game a lot. I'm very good at it also. And I'm scared of cats. What's that? You play what a lot? I play video games. So I'm like very good oh, at video games. and 2K. I'm not that good in Call of Duty, but. So you're, you're mad in 2K. So it's you're mad in 2K. Yeah. I like Call of Duty though, because it's kind of like fun and kind of like realistic. So I kind of play that. But, and I'm, I'm terrified of cats. I hate cats. <laughs> I hate cats. <laughs> it was one time, um, literally coming from a game and I was parked by the tennis court. And the cat was on my side of the door. I literally got it on the passenger side. Like, cause I'm just like, I just always think of cats like trying to be so feisty and scratching your face and stuff. So I don't be trying. No cats. <laughs> no cats. All right, Cam. I, well, we're done. I'm out of question. Well, I could go on forever, but I'm, I'm going to let you have your Friday night. I appreciate you doing this. It, it was as good as I could have asked for. I hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I, I keep going if I could. I will keep, well, we'll bring you back. For, we'll do part two. I don't want, I don't want to take up your whole night. Plus my kids are hungry. They need dinner. So. <laughs> <laughs> want to come by with some pizzas. I'm sure they'll be happy. Maybe I'll bring the kid out to one of your training sessions because yes. my 12 year old plays football. Okay. Now, listen, I'm, I'm going to hold you to this. You're sitting in on one of these. You're going to oh. be my co-host. Okay. Yeah. I'm down whenever. All right. Can't pre that. Hey man, seriously. Thank you. This was thank great. You. Have a great night. Appreciate you doing it. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, bud. All right. You too.